Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Shut the fuck up. We are not done talking yet. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. Together, we will be discussing current events, pop culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shut the Fuck Up. We are not done talking yet. Today, Danielle and I have a very special guest, Randy Miller, who has dialed in from Florida. Hi, Randy. Hello, Charla. Hello, Danielle. Good to be here. We are excited to have you here. The last time I saw you, you were at another coast. You were by the Indian Ocean where we were staying at Oroville in Tamil Nadu. That was many years ago now. Maybe 10, right? January 2009. 2009, that's right. When we first met, Sharla. Well, actually, that's we met right. Didn't you fly with us? Didn't we all three fly together? Yes, that's true. You and Danielle and I and Darcy. Yeah, we flew from San Francisco. Let's see, did we go to Shanghai on the way? Yeah, we went and to San Francisco, the, Shanghai, Mumbai, Chennai. Chennai. And, and then, then a couple of a couple of hours in a car where we hit a cow. That was yeah. I know. Welcome I know. to India. Bam. Smiling, but that was truly one of the worst things because it really was killing a cow. It's like, it's truly horrible. Killed the cow. We certainly killed the car. Yeah. I remember her picking up, getting herself up off the pavement, shaking her head and she walked off without a scratch <laughs> and total the van, total the van. <laughs> that vehicle was steaming. Was the carburetor was broken. That we were in. <laughs> yep. Well, we were there to do a NIA retreat. And Randy's a NIA teacher, just like Danielle is. And Randy, you teach other types of dance too, right? Yes, I teach a conscious dance practice called Soul Motion, who was created by Vin Arjuna Marti. And uh, the main um, um, focus for me in that particular modality is the pause. It's coming to a place of resetting to reset and to be in stillness where there's lots and lots of movement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Soul motion I have not tried, although I have this idea that when we were in India, was Vin Marti coming the next day to teach something? Yes, actually he did a workshop. Uh, he was at Philippe and Sabine had uh, another uh, week long workshop with Vin, and that's when I, I stayed and attended that. And that's oh. when I fell in love with his, his modality. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yep, yeah. it's the Nia connection. Yes. Nia and other movements. Um, and then, Randy, I'm pretty sure that we met in Boulder 
at Blue Belt, and I think I think it was two thousand three or four. Three? You know, you you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So I just thought you were so charming. We were having like a good time dancing together and, you know, hitting it off. So we had a great time. And then not too much um, later when I was planning for Nia in India with um, Philippe and Sabina, the three of us uh, co-created, I kept, I don't know, we kept running into each other at workshops, Randy. And then you came on the first trip. And in fact, you told the entire Nia group in LA to come and they did. So that was really cool. Remember that? So many people came. Yes, it was a, yes, there were, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I loved it so much, went back the following year. <laughs> and I went the th- third year. I skipped one, but then I went back a second time. It was super fun. I think I would have to say the most fun was riding the motorbikes and running around in Oroville and chasing cows. And yeah, it was really fun, really adventurous. Yeah, it was uh, the first time me being out of the States like that, going to a, a, a third, well, I don't even know, really it's a third world country. It's another, just another country. But I remember going to the um, Pondicherry, or not Pondicherry, what was the village near Oroville? Oh, it was Pongal. It was the Pongal Festival where yes. they, uh, the Harvest Festival, where the Harvest Festival decorated their... Uh, their uh, cattle with uh, balloons and uh, a lot of the harvest with bananas and leaves and and I remember being in the crowd and feeling the first time that I was in and amongst a sea of brown people people of my own color Mm -hmm. and feeling so at home yes I wasn't the odd one out more or less Mm. and it was such a uh a homecoming feeling in my body. I felt like, wow, this is just something, something different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool sensation. That is very cool. Yeah, I remember that people were shooting bananas out of slingshots. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember Danielle was not happy. She was like concerned about the cows because I'm not sure why, but you you were not a happy camper at that point. I know. I think that I felt bad that their um their horns were all wrapped up and stuff. But then it I realized that as soon as Pongal was over, they took everything off, the bananas, etc., and then the cows were back to running free. I just sort of thought they were getting harassed a certain amount. Yes. Well, they were kind of on parade, and so they were getting switched a little bit to keep them moving. So yeah. I love it. I love it when people remember something about a trip that I have no memory of, which is kind of everything. <laughs> so I can amnesia now. <laughs> amnesia. But pictures. Take pictures because we don't remember half the things. We don't remember anything. I've got lots of pictures, you guys. Oh, me too. I got tons. I know. And they're all over Facebook. <laughs> they're all over yeah. Facebook. Yeah. All right, so let's segue to talk the tap the topic of our podcast today is tattoos, and you obviously came up in our thoughts as the very first person we wanted to talk to about tattoos. So, when did you get your first tattoo? Uh, my first tattoo, I was eighteen, and it was my initials along with the lambda symbol 
with another person's initials on the other side. And I got them to prove to this person that I was dedicated and I was in love with them. It lasted a week and a half. I don't even remember what the initials were. And so obviously it's covered up, but it was the most, um, well, at the time I thought it was, uh, you know, like, I just needed to prove to this person that I was, I was dedicated. That's a great tattoo story. It's crazy. So What's my, it covered my, up by? My advice now is, as I've gotten older, is uh, if you're gonna put initials on your body that are not yours or family member or your mom or your dad, or I think twice. Think twice. <laughs> Not unless you have lots of room for cover-up. <laughs> now, you said yours is, that first one's covered up. Is it covered yeah. up by another tattoo? It's covered up by another tattoo. Because um, at the time, they, did, they really didn't do the uh, removal. This was back in the late 80s. And uh, so, I, yes, it's covered up by another tattoo. Now, I have a question. Did the other person get a tattoo also with your initials? Oh, no. They were smart. So this was one way. Uh oh It was, it was a one-way deal, yeah. That <laughs> can't be good. I have a question. What city did you live in? I lived in Wichita, Kansas at the time. Okay. Oh, my. I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. And the person who did the tattoo was not a professional tattooist. Um, I drew the initials and I drew the, uh, the symbol. And, um, and my cousin put it on, we, we put it on, my, on me, we kind of traced it with, in, with an ink pen. Mm -hmm. And then she had a needle and thread and it was just liquid ink. And she would dip the needle with a thread into the ink and then go over go over go over go over and trace the the design so it was it wasn't even done with the tattoo gun it was done with the old-fashioned needle right thread, and a bottle ink black ink. just regular so that's the way it was done for thousands of years probably probably very the ancient technique <laughs> I looked it up about the ancient techniques and they used anything like soot from a fire, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of things. Yeah. To get it to, or um, some like our berries, you know, to get, to get the color to go under and just get it to stay. But yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one. Now what happened? What was the next one? The second one was the cover up and it was done at a tattoo shop with a tattoo gun which was a lot quicker. And I'm not gonna say it was any less painless cause it still had, it still dealt with little pain, uh, just being, you know, uh, a scratched feeling or, and then there's certain areas that they would hit a nerve and I would actually, you know, it would, I could feel the, the it would be painful, but mm -hmm. it only lasts for a few seconds mm -hmm. as they would, move on so to the next spot the next spot yeah 
the thought of pain is what would deter me first of all, I think. It seems like it does, it is painful, but maybe not as bad as, as it sounds, since it's like a lot of little, tiny, painful seconds. Is it hard for you to get one, Randy, or you just like walk in to get one and sit there and it's totally easy? Um, it's actually it's totally easy, but I, I just don't go in and pick one. I, I normally have a, uh, an idea of what I want. Uh, Cause most of my, well, not most of them, all of my tattoos have a deep meaning for me. Um, after the, after the fur, after the second tattoo, after the cover up, I didn't get tattooed again until after like in the early nineties, um, after I got clean and sober. I got clean and sober uh, in August of 88. And, and then I don't know what happened, but something in my recovery, I, I've, al I've been always drawn to our tattoos, you know, as a young child too. I've always been uh, drawn to the indigenous uh, cultures and how they decorated themselves. And I've always found it beautiful that they would mark their bodies and to adorn it in, in, in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I know it had a lot of meaning for them, but for me, it was more of a, just an adornment. And, um, and, and just the way the, 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 the people would hold, hold themselves with pride with, with their adornments. Mm -hmm. I was just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And so that kind of led me into uh, like I said, after I got clean and sober, it was uh, it was a way for me to beautify my body and to reclaim it since I abused it and I gave it away and didn't want to be in it. So it kind of reversed that into like, okay, I want to, I'm proud of what I've done and, and I wanted to um, do something a little different for myself on my, on my anniversary dates. And so I, I started to adorn myself with, uh, with, the, with the ink. It sounds like it was sort of marked a special occasion, kind of a homecoming to your own body. Yeah, exactly, Charlie. Yeah, well put. Yeah. Exactly. I think um, that, that is what prompts some people to get tattoos. They want to mark something important that happened to them. I have a former boss who, He's about 10 years older than I am, and he ended up getting a tattoo after he recovered from prostate cancer, which was a very aggressive prostate cancer. And um, so he got a tattoo, and it is written in a, let's see, it's a language from Star Trek, because he's a Trekkie. And so he put a picture of it, on on the web and asked people, I guess on Facebook, and asked people to figure out what it said. So first you had to figure out that it was in another language and it was in using a script, right? That was not like English letters. And so I figured it out and it said, once I translated it, it said prostate cancer survivor. Oh, cool. But yeah, I thought that was a cool thing to do.
Um, do you, Randy, do you feel like when you're out and about, people notice you? Like, yeah, sorry, I'll stop there. I, I, I think they do. The, the thing is, is I don't notice them noticing me. <laughs> mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Because um, I didn't do it to, to stand out from the crowd. I, I, it was such a, a personal journey that I, I done it for myself and not, mm -hmm. to, not to be a part of the, the group or a part. I wasn't peer pressured into getting anything done. It was such a personal journey for me. And, and like Charlotte, you know, said, you know, like, I really like what you said, you know, I did it. I did it to, to, to mark, you know, these, these special occasions for myself, you know, like these milestones of um, journeys that my life, I have gone through in my life. And it was a way to me to um, capture it and hold it. Mm -hmm. And so I'll put it this way. When I lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and when I was actually tattooing and body piercing and my adornments that my friends would love to take me to the uh, Springfield Mall and, and they would let me walk in front of them because they love the people's reactions as they would <laughs> pass by me and, mm -hmm. and they would get a big kick out of the the disgust looks and also the looks of like oh my god did you see him you know mm -hmm. and, and i had no clue that that i was affecting him that way which was really kind of interesting until they brought it to my attention mm -hmm. you know it was really like oh wow i didn't realize that i was causing such a racket <laughs> by the way i looked <laughs> Yeah, and maybe maybe when you lived in LA or in Hollywood specifically for a very long time, you probably didn't get quite as much attention, even if you weren't paying attention to the attention. <laughs> I would imagine that you fit in better. <laughs> yeah, when I moved to LA back in you know two thousand and one, um, there there were more and more people being tattooed, and um, it it was more in the I don't know, it was just a uh, especially in Hollywood, it was just like everybody was tattooed or had some kind of an adornment. Yeah. It was more acceptable there, I guess. I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not for sure if that's the correct term or not. Cause even in, even in Arkansas, it, when I was living there, it was around, mm -hmm. it, it was looked upon as something that was bad, but it, there were still a lot of people who were adorned and tattooed. And, and I, and one of the, and one of the, subcultures that were was like the bikers yes mm -hmm. and and they got a they got a bad rap for being the, you know for for adorning themselves the way they do you know and they have their own reasons why they do to belong in a group to belong in a club or to belong into you know whatever circle that they need they they feel comfortable with or being mm -hmm. with and it was a way to, for them to acknowledge one another by not having to talk about it but a simple branding would say like yeah. oh they're part of they're part of our culture or part of my subculture mm -hmm. and, and and i don't you know that's just how they they uh, associated themselves with being a part of a group well see that's really that is really interesting because 
from what you've said, it was for you, it was more a matter of expressing yourself and you did it for yourself. But then another reason people do it is to feel part of a group. I mean, I always associate it with like sailors and maybe people who were in the army or the Navy. And then like prisoners, people who were in prison would get tattoos. I mean, a lot of those were just people were doing it to each other. So I think it had a bad rep for a long time. Now I think it's a kind of an art form. Yes, they, they, uh, yeah, I, I've worked in the VA system in, in Wichita and that's when I noticed a lot of tattoos as well, you know, in, in the came from the guys being overseas where different cultures, it was a way of life for them to be adorned. They adorned themselves, you know, they were in Hawaii and they were yeah. stationed in Hawaii and they got a tattoo, you know, right. these, the Americans were going, uh, you know, different countries and, and they were coming back with their own souvenirs per se that were hidden from the general public, you know? Yes. That's a really <laughs> good way to put it. For, so it's kind of cool that it's been around forever and it's just now coming to the forefront or has come to the forefront where now it's considered more like, like you said, an art form instead mm -hmm. of back in the dark, behind yes. the scenes, you know. My, yeah, uh, I mean, I sort of feel like it's a form of art. And when I see people who've got sleeves and half sleeves, if they're artfully done and colorful, they really are like moving, a moving piece of art. My niece is 30 years old, and when she was probably 20, she started getting her whole body tattooed. And um, I don't know about the front of her necessarily, but her entire back is like feathers and all sorts of stuff. Um, and she has, you know, very light skin, so it's it's pretty pronounced, like whatever that means. But anyway, um, and I guess she does it to to be artful, right? To decorate her body. We could have had her on the show at the same time, darn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it definitely makes her stand out, even though so many young people are getting tattoos now because of the amount of them. Mm -hmm. But, and, and I don't know, it's expensive as fuck. So I don't understand how everyone affords them. When I see 24 year olds, like already covered the entire arm with the colors. You know, I heard it was pretty expensive. I don't know, Randy, maybe you can inform us. Well, I know, I know my artist, um, he, he charges, I mean, every studio and every artist is going to be different, but the majority of them, but, well, even moving here, I just went and talked to some guys because I'm still not done yet with my artwork. You know? Cool. And, um, and what they do is they charge like 150 an hour. But then again, depending on, they can also quote you if it's like, if you have a design that you want your whole back and you have this particular design where they start working on you, they might give you one, you know, price. And it's usually, it's, it's usually in the thousands. You know, it, it runs into the thousands. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. That's why I thought that's why I was questioning younger people's ability to afford it, but that's okay. It's none of my business. They can buy what they want. Right. Some right. of us buy shoes. Yes. 
Well, you know, they'll always have it. It's not like an, uh, you know, an object that they'll, that will break or they'll leave behind. Yeah. Well, I think it was one of my sisters or it was, we're, we're saying something in relationship to that about how much it costs and how much work I've done and how much money I've paid out for doing it. But it, my, my thing was, is, well, it's a piece of artwork that's always going to be with me. And, you know, some exactly. people buy to hang on their walls and some people buy, you know, fancy cars and, or that are thousands of dollars, you know, but this is something that um, I'll have with me all along until it's, until I leave, you know, it's, it's with me. So that's, that's, the, that's the other thing too, is for me is like, is, is planning. I haven't really planned mine out like the kids do nowadays, because now that it is such a high art form, mm-hmm. you know, some of the artists can really do this, you know, magical 3d looking stuff, which in my day, we didn't, we didn't do that. I mean, it was like, in my day, it was like a, it was like the, um, um, do you remember the the tattooed men in the circuses where you just get one tattoo here, you get one tattoo here, you get one tattoo here, you get one, <laughs> tattoo, here, you get one tattoo here, you get one tattoo. So what, that's back in the day when I started. Now, I mean, these kids and they're they're planning out these massive um, pieces that just really look like hanging art. I mean, uh-huh. it's beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. Um, there was one thing I wanted to wanted to share too, though, is that. Uh, I've always gotten the comments when I talk to strangers about my tattoos is that, um, and I always found this kind of interesting is that they said that my tattoos don't offend them as much as some people's tattoos is because I can wear them, that they're a part of me and they're not just stuck on me. And and I and I found that very interesting uh, phrase that, and I heard it in LA one time as well that somebody went to a gym and they felt that they were like in a prison. They were at a they were they were at a <laughs> they were at a gym and they were looking amongst the crowd and everybody in there was all tattooed or had or were working on their tattoos and their bodies were filled with art that they felt like they were in a prison movie. <laughs> prison you know, like, movie. Everybody <laughs> had tattoos in, you know, that live here because they were non-tattooed. Mm-hmm. So they were feeling kind of self-conscious that they weren't tattooed. And they, they weren't tattooed. <laughs> but Randy, what's the difference? What did this person explain to you? Why you oh, feel yes. like you're at home with your tattoos? Yes, that the tattoos were, um, they were a part of me and a part of my personality and they weren't just stuck on me to, to like, to, to be in your face, Mm -hmm. which I found kind of interesting that, that, that comment on, on how they, um, they saw that and, and I'm not for sure what that really kind of meant, except for. I, I have a problem with the kids that go and get tattooed, but then they have an attitude that they don't want you looking at them. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. They have this attitude of like, what the fuck you looking at? And it's like, uh-huh. well, I'm looking at your fucking tattoo. You know, if you don't want people looking at you, then don't get the shit, up, don't get the shit put on you. And if you don't want people to ask you questions about it, then why'd you do it? 
-hmm. get, rid, get rid of the attitude behind the, you know, what's the mask? What are you trying to cover up here? You know, I've, I've always been open with people all the time when, they, when they've asked me questions about my piercings or my tattoos, I, you know, I've always been truthful and, and told them what, how I felt and why I did it. But mm -hmm. I wasn't like, what you're looking at, you know, because- You weren't it, offended. Yeah, I wasn't offended by it. And people are so sensitive now about all things and we've been made so aware of how to have a conversation and not write, oh my gosh, all the gender stuff and saying they, if someone doesn't want to be he or she, like, oh my God, that, yeah. It's difficult for us to learn. It's not because I don't want to, it's like learning that. But one time I saw someone with a pretty tattoo probably at yoga. So I said to her, may I ask you about your tattoo? Yeah. And now you have to ask someone permission, but I thought, oh, that's a good idea in case she goes, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she got some ballistic on you. <laughs> you have to be politically correct, even about tattoos. Yeah, tattoos. Yeah, it's well, interesting. It's hard not to look. I mean, because they're eye-catching. Yes. They are. They're beautiful and they're moving, and they look different. I mean, no matter how many people around have tattoos. I think it's still, it still catches my eye, you know? It, I don't think tattoos will ever just go into the background where I don't even notice them, no matter how many people have them. Because they are meant to catch your eye. They're designed, they're colorful. You know, I saw recently, I never made it in, but there was a tattoo artist Who's ex who had an exhibit, I think it was at the De Young Museum in San Francisco. And I think he was an LA artist. And he kind of, he kind of bridged the fine arts and the tattoo arts. And it was like a retrospective of his whole career. I thought that was kind of cool that they would do that. It is. Now, Randy, one question I have about tattoos. It seems to me it's one of those things like if I got one, then I would want a second, and then I would want a third. And like, how do you know when you're done? It seems like you do have a vision of when you're going to be done. I thought I was done, actually, mm -hmm. until, uh, recently. And, and it, may, it may be due to the, the, the big shift and change of moving out of LA and moving here to Florida. You know, maybe it's, it's another way of me landmarking a, another uh, time in my life, you know, moving, um, being in L.A. after for, uh, what, almost 18 years, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and landing into a different area that I wanted to landmark it by adorning myself again. And so, uh, yes, it's, that's really interesting because I just not thought of that. Yeah. It is. It's another milestone. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. of us might get a haircut or get new glasses. I mean, what's the difference? It's, well, well, it's super more permanent. That's the difference. If my hair is going to grow, I can always, I can get different glasses. But anyway, I have a question for you, or actually, sorry, this is a, a statement. So my daughter, Sydney, um, has previously worked in restaurants since she graduated from college and got some tattoos on her arms. Um, not a lot, a lot, but they're quite, they're whatever, prominent. 
And then she decided to switch gears and went to San Francisco and got a job in a law office. Mm-hmm. And she interviewed with them and they said, we don't, you don't have to cover your tattoos. You can wear short sleeves. Like that, that's new ish. Mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes. Um, it's, it, it is the San Francisco Bay area where we're like heck of more liberal. And I wonder how many other cities in our country or in Canada are doing that where you can just, it's not a thing anymore. So I just wondered about that um, in the workplace. Well, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think in the Midwest, there's still that stigma. And, but then again, I don't know, it, it wasn't too long ago, I was in, I was in LA and I don't remember exactly what part of LA it was, but uh, they wanted me to come and teach Nia. And, and I, I don't remember if I actually met them or if I was just talking to them. Uh, it was the coordinator. And I shared with her about my tattoos and body piercings. And she said, uh, well, you know, the YMCA is it's the YMCA, Young Men's mm-hmm. Christians Association. And so uh, can you cover up, can you wear long sleeves and could you take out your, your facial piercings? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. But again, that stigma and that relationship, I don't think it's that way now, but back in 2000, it was probably around 2003, between 2003, 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm that that was like no no we're we're we want to set an example you know this is the young men's christian association ymca (laughs) Um, yeah things happen hey you um can we take a little break i'm just gonna yeah sure we'll be right back sure Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast.